Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! like Optimus. Music, feeling good. 
because I'm doing what I'm choosing to. We are the freest dream we'd like you to realize. We're on a mission and we're gonna revitalize. Let your portal from you're about to be hypnotized. Supersonic soul pimps. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 153 of the Bone Bat Show. This is Steve. This is Gordon. 153. That's a lot. 153. God. Good Lord. Damn. How you doing, That's... man? Hey, I'm doing all right. And I got to tell you, Steve, that initial hey that you yes. did to start the show, probably your best ever. Well, thank you. I think it's because I've been listening to hey from the Supersonic Soul Pimps this afternoon. So, Oh, uh, yeah. Pretty exciting stuff right there. We actually opened the show with the greeting song from Supersonic Soul Pimps. You will hear much more from them as we uh, continue the show, as they are the musical guest of the 2017 Boneback Comedy of Horrors Film Fest. Nice. I think it's highly appropriate that they're on this show then. It is. So, uh, yeah, this is it. This is the marathon pre-fest <laughs> Show if you're if you've downloaded this podcast, you haven't looked at how long it's going to be. I don't even know how long it's going to be, but what I'm telling you is maybe get some snacks. <laughs> You'll want to hydrate. Yeah, yeah. Be, hydration is important. Get yeah. some snacks. Maybe hit pause. Go take care of your business, and then come back. Buckle up. Tell We're a friend. Be here for a while. Tell a friend what you're listening to in case yeah. you get lost in the podcast. <laughs> right. Make a plan ahead of time. Tell people where you're going to be in the podcast. People get lost in the show. We don't want them getting worried. Their families calling us up. What happened to Bob? He was listening to your show. I don't know, man. Right. And then you have a situation where somebody's chewing their arm off with an iPhone. I don't know. It's it's ugly. It's not pretty. <laughs> kind of like this intro. So, Steve. Yes, Gord. Let's get right into it. All right. What pisses you off? You know what pisses me off? So, the other day, I'm driving around Seattle picking up prizes and chocolate uh, for the film festival and there's this parking lot across from one of the places that i had to stop and pick up stuff now i can tell it's probably private parking but it's only half full and you know i'm only going to be there five minutes so i figure i'm gonna i'm just gonna do it i I pull in there my daughter's with me so i'm leaving her in the car so she can make an explanation if anybody talks to her So I run inside, I get what I have to get, I come back out. I load up the back of the car, and I'm about to turn the corner, and I look over, and there's like this little bald guy with a mustache and a little dog. And he goes, excuse me. I go, yes, sir. And he goes, you know, we like to be neighborly here, but uh, this is private property. You're really not supposed to be parking here. And I say, you know what? You're absolutely right. I'm leaving right now. I just stopped to pick something up. I'm on my way. I'll be out of your hair. He goes, well, good. I I hope that worked out for you. I say, yeah, it worked out great. Thank you very much. I'm turning the car to get in the car. Well, see that it doesn't happen again. (laughs) And then that just, it was like one too many. And so I, I kind of yell over the car. Hey, quit being a prick. Oh, no, you upped your game. And he goes, excuse me? I said, listen, you told me to leave. I was leaving. There's no reason to belabor the point. You don't have a single reason to keep going on and on and on about this after I've already said that I'm going to leave. Why are you still talking to me? 
And so he, then he mumbles. Dog too. Then he starts mumbling and something and kind of wanders off. But what a dick. I mean, I wouldn't have gotten involved with him at anything beyond the most polite level. I knew I was in the wrong. I was leaving. There was no reason to, to escalate things. And the guy wanted to continue being an asshole. People like that piss me off, man. What? So what? He's going to throw his power around? I, I, I don't get that. I don't get that at all. And it pisses me off. You know, I may have encountered that guy's brother down in Los Angeles once where I had to park in front of uh, a factory that I was going into. And I didn't, I mean, like, there must have been signs. I didn't notice signs, but it's in this kind of like shitty half populated industrial area of Los Angeles. You can picture it. What you're picturing in your mind right now is absolutely right. Okay. And there's like a boarded up building across the street and this huge parking lot with no cars in it across the street so i just go into this parking lot and park in the nearest place to the street hop out of my car inconveniencing nobody go in have my meeting whatever i come back out and there's like this big empty parking lot one lone rental car in it mine and this angry little man like standing in this parking lot this is private parking you're not supposed to park here (laughs) I'm like, wow, I'm sorry. I'm not from around here. I'm never going to be here again. I'm going to get in this car and drive to the airport. I'm done. Sorry. And he wouldn't shut up about it. You know, I could have you towed. I could call the police. I'm like, and I'm looking around like, what am I blocking? What am I hurting at this point? There are literally two people in this parking lot right now. Me and you. (laughs) I just... Because I literally never was going to go back there for the rest of my life. But like, okay, sorry, bye, drove off. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, and I get you, and, and like I said, Seattle. I was an inch away from doing that very thing. But he had to yell the one more thing. And that's what <laughs> set me off. Because there was no reason to say it. He had won. He was victorious. Yes. Shut up, little dog man. Yeah. And some, Science. you know, discretion is the better point of valor. Isn't that a saying? Yeah, it's something very close to it, yes. Yeah. I, I don't know what that means, and I don't know if it <laughs> pertains to this story, but fuck that guy and his dog. Yeah. And his little dog, too. <laughs> God damn. Now, some people just don't know when to quit. I inadvertently park a little too close to somebody's car. I drive a big van. It's one of those parking lots where they figure they can get one extra car space in if they make all the spaces slightly too small. Mm-hmm. And... I, I went in to get a burrito or something, and coming back out, I noticed, yeah, I am a little too close to that car. And that is the moment when the lady starts yelling at me about how I have parked her in and she cannot get into her car. Well, she could through the passenger side, but I am like, well, I'm sorry. I'm in the wrong. You're right. Let me get my van out of the way. And every time I did that disengaging behavior, that you're right, I'm so sorry behavior, that's when she chose to keep running her mouth. Yeah. And her story came out that she was in a big hurry. She had to get back to work. I was making her late. And every time she would say something, I would politely stop in my tracks and look at her and wait for her to finish talking, which only made her matter and matter and matter. Yeah. That was fun. Some people. Uh. Yeah. I am what pisses her off. And you know what? You're what pisses off that man with the little dog. (laughs) Evidently so. That's why this show is so therapeutic. What pisses you off, man? Oh, God. Besides, I get bonus stuff. People who abuse captured audiences. That pisses (laughs) me off. 
<laughs> like making people listen to 20 minutes of parking <laughs> stories? Yeah. Well, they can turn this off. But when you're... <laughs> And they really should. I don't even know why they're listening to us. <laughs> and activate a credit card. You know, call this number to activate your credit card. I want my credit card to be activated so I can use it, right? Oh, you call okay. the number. But no, they make you sit through the, hey, do you want to hear about special deals on cruises? Just put, no, I don't. Just want to activate the credit card. And you got to sit there. There's nothing you can do while they, like, do their sales pay. Oh, it's, it's taking a while. We're almost done here. But, hey, while we're doing this. Would you like to learn about beef jerky by the foot? No. <laughs> I don't. Activate my credit card. Just because I'm captured by you doesn't mean you should abuse it. I hate that. I hate it's that like too. people that, that like abuse their servers by leaving political messages intertwined with their tip. Dude's just there to serve you your tacos or your burgers or whatever. You should tip him. If you don't, you're Satan. Just leave it at that. If you need to write a little message about... I'm not giving you any more money because you should work harder because Trump's president. Or I'm giving you more money because Jesus loves you. Just shut up. Shut up. He has to deal with you enough. Give him the tip and get out. How did this show turn so negative, Steve? I don't know. Because of people, man. People are monsters. I hate people. Which actually segues into our next song. Uh, Yeah. Taken from 2012's Auto Empire from the Supersonic Soul Pimps. This is Monsters.
So I turned around and screamed, Somebody please come save my life. I keep a simple piece and I cannot hide. I got 55 monsters just trying to take a bite. So I opened up my eyes, it's time to stand and fight. I stumbled into the closet, found a monster living inside. So I punched him, I kicked him, I bit him on the whip. Tried to hold him down, but I could not hold him. Looked under my bed, and what did I see? Another scary monster staring right. Uh, we are back, and you know, it takes a lot of different people to put this festival on. And one of the big sponsors this year who has joined the Bombat family is none other than the Horror Honeys and Bell and Donna Magazine. Joining me now is Kat from the Horror Honeys. How you doing, Kat? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, thank you so much for being here and for your support this year. You know, uh, one of the things that I think is really cool is when an existing operation kind of adds something new to what they do. It's close to my heart because we did it with the film festival, but you've done that as well, adding the physical magazine Belladonna to your stable of awesome writing. Absolutely. Well, I mean, if you don't diversify, you die. So that's, <laughs> that's what we absolutely do. true. Yeah. So how did Belladonna get started? Um, basically, it was one of those things where Lenny and I, we took a look at the uh, the landscape of horror media and we're like, you know what? Anybody can have a blog. We have a blog. Let's make it something better. You know, magazines were dying out. They were just getting too stale. And we decided to turn what we did for our website into what we now do for the magazine, which is more a horror scholarship than it is mm. just, you know, writing about trailers or things like that. Absolutely. And did you find that a challenge? Because as you mentioned, it seems like a lot of magazines are dying off. Even established things like Fangoria found challenges over recent years. And yet you've Absolutely. been able to find a foothold in the marketplace. I think we're offering something a little bit different. I mean, institutions like Fangoria and like Rumorg, they have their audience that's been built up. Like I was, I was a baby bat reading Fangoria when I was a kid. Um, you know, but they haven't really changed their format over the years. Um, and instead of being just interviews and and uh, reviews of movies, we've decided to move a little a little differently and make it more about um, the thought process behind the movies and how they make us feel as people and especially as women. Um, and I think that's that's really where our different edge comes in is that we are a female run, female written, female managed, female designed. Mm -hmm. magazine which is unique we are the first one and it's not it's not an exclusive voice either it's 
we like to think that we're very inclusive and it's not like only women can read this magazine because all we do is talk about periods. Mm. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I never got that from the magazine or the site for that matter. <laughs> Good, because that's what we're going for. I mean, the horror is inclusive and it's about how horror affects us as people and not just as women. But we just, we have a different spin on things and a different way of looking at life and looking at horror. Right. And and I know my daughter, who's, you know, 17 now, and we've brought her up going to Crypticon and places like that and coming to the film festival. And she's grown up with it. And so to, to look out there and see films being made by women directors and magazines put on and blogs run by women, I think that's a really great thing to her, for her to see as role models that, hey, I can do whatever I want. If, if I see and I have a vision and I have a dream, I can make that happen. And, and it's folks like you that are paving that way. And that's really cool. Oh, that means a lot. Um, it, and it is it is important because, I mean, when you're looking at film, when you're looking at representation in media, you look for yourself in what is out there. And we got to the point where we just got tired of not seeing ourselves. Certainly. And it was time to make our own, make our own stamp on things so that other people could find themselves in what we did, maybe, or be inspired to make their own thing. Absolutely. Well, I, I just want to say thank you again for you know, being there for us and helping sponsor this event as, as, you know, somebody who also kind of created something from nothing. I really appreciate that. Oh, we love Bone Bat. We've been big fans <laughs> for, for years, years and years and years. Um, yeah, you came to Saturday morning cartoons a couple of times, I believe, right? Saturday morning cartoons was my people. <laughs> I show up in my pajamas and my slippers and live tweet the cartoons because it's the best thing ever. Oh, well, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. So, Kat, oh, to miss out this year. <laughs> One uh, question we always ask all of our guests here on the Bone Bat Show. Cat, what pisses you off? Oh my God. Do we have an hour? <laughs> <laughs> I hate it when you're doing something completely obvious and people ask you about the thing you're doing. Like if you're standing in an elevator holding a basket of laundry and they go, so, laundry day? <laughs> Like, no, I just found these downstairs. It's great. There's all these little white machines. You just pull it out. It's, it's amazing. I'm going back for more. Like, of course I, I'm doing I peeled them off this course. I liked the shirt. What? Exactly. Like, come on. Go for the guy. These are the clothes left over from the sacrifices. You know, there's there's all kinds of ways to answer that. Exactly. Yeah, I, I am cursed with being a smartass as well, so I totally understand. <laughs> Have you know? That's the first thing I think of, and it's probably not great. But uh. no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again, Kat, so much for joining us on the show and for your sponsorship. Oh, it's my pleasure. Wishing you a very amazing festival, as per usual. <laughs> Where can our listeners find your stuff? Oh, you can find us at www.thehorrorhoneys.com. You can find us just by searching Belladonna Horror Magazine. You can find us on Twitter at Horror Honeys, H-O-R-R-O-R-H-O-N-E-Y-S. Uh, we also do have our own podcast, which we're starting season Yay! four. Figure my shit out. Um, <laughs> season four is coming, but we have over 100 episodes of our podcast that are available on iTunes and on Stitcher. All right. Thank you again, Kat. Thank you. Thank you so much. Journal. I get a journal. We are shooting the first ever found footage horror movie in 3D. <laughs> what?
Why people waste their fucking money on this vomit-inducing amateur hour bullshit is fucking beyond me. How does that even make sense in the story? Like, so why would your character film in 3D? Well, why wouldn't he film in 3D? Well, the light's crap and the sound's crap. You're like, hey, exactly, but guess who's paying for it? Boom. Day one. We have to answer two questions. Why are we filming? What excuse do we have? Do not to have the camera document everything. Get the camera. The second question is exactly the same as the first question, but for the third act. Why the f haven't you put the camera down and run the hell away? Because the movie would be over if she puts the camera down. It's called the jump scare, and I think it's probably one of the most overused cliches. Job well done on that. Let's shoot. Oh, 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 oh. Once again, that was Monsters from 2012's Auto Empire by Supersonic Soul Pimps. I hope you enjoyed that. And joining us now, returning actually, we are thrilled to have Steven DeGenero, the director of Found Footage 3D. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Oh, we, we are tearing up. <laughs> we are. It's it's <laughs> we're just in that final heady couple of weeks. As we get to the film yeah. festival, things are nuts. We're getting shorts together, and we've got to submit them to the theater for this test screening. Everything's just kind of coming together, so you're nervous, but you're excited at the same time. I'm sure you know the feeling from putting together films. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, that sounds exactly like the last couple of weeks of pre-production before you head out to set to make a movie. That's... Yeah, but you don't have to deal with all these asshole filmmakers like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, are you kidding me? There's nothing but filmmakers on a film set. <laughs> <laughs> we just played the trailer a moment ago, but uh, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about what they can expect in found footage 3D? Last uh, and thrills galore. Uh, it is a sort of meta version of the found footage movie. It's about a group of filmmakers who go out to this cabin in the woods to shoot their own sort of uh, shitty found footage movie uh, and end up in a found footage movie when the you know the evil presence that they create for their film starts showing up in behind the scenes footage and then eventually starts showing up in real life so it's about a group of filmmakers you know who know all the rules and tricks and cliches of the genre and let's face it at this point uh, I think we're all starting to get a little sick of repetitive found footage movies so it was our way of sort of taking that and and sort of uh, as the Brits say, taking the piss out of it, but at the same time paying homage to what the style can do well when it's employed properly. Absolutely. Well, one of the things I, I really enjoyed about the film and why I thought it would be such a great fit for us is that our audience are hardcore horror fans. So they're immediately going to get the inside jokes and appreciate what you have to say on the subject of horror films while at the same time enjoying the, the really great character-based humor and the thrills and scares that are in the film as well. So it, it's a great mix of different pieces that I think works well, specifically for the Bone Bat Film Festival audience. Yeah, it's, it's very meta, and so our audience is going to be able to enjoy it on, on all levels at the same time. So it's, yeah, it's, it's good great. for us. It's, it's always great to see it with a crowd like that, you know, because we tried to sort of, to, you know, to be very careful when we, when we wrote and, and, and shot the movie so that it wasn't just 
bunch of in-jokes so that there were sort of levels and layers of, of what was going on. So there's, you know, there's a story that I think anybody who doesn't even have a familiarity with horror movies would, would enjoy. Uh, and then, you know, there's a deeper level where, you know, people who, who are, you know, familiar with horror movies uh, and especially with found footage horror movies are going to sort of get some more out of it. And then there are some other layers that I think maybe I might be the only person that will ever really fully appreciate. <laughs> uh, little in-jokes and little bits of either filmmaker humor or little bits of call-outs to other found footage movies that, you know, that, that you have to have a very, very deep knowledge of the genre to sort of, you know, there, there are some that are very sort of obvious that, that, that touch on the, you know, Blair Witch Project and Paranormal Activity and stuff sure. people are, really familiar with but there are some that like that are super super deep cuts that are like you know only people who have watched a couple hundred found footage movies like I did in preparation <laughs> for this uh, are going to be able to go oh I see that that's from this one found footage movie that came out in 2012 um, so uh, you know it'll be interesting to see again I mean I, we're, we're, I am just absolutely thrilled to be able to play it for the Bone Bat audience because I know how well first date played there and I, I heard about it <laughs> from you guys and from, from some other people on Twitter and just w was kicking myself to know that there was no way that I was able to get up there for that and so I'm really excited to be able to be there this time and to go and you know be able to sit in the crowd and and, and see how the bone back crowd because yeah, I think you're right if there was a crowd that this movie was tailor-made for I think your your festival might very well be it Oh, I well, see. first date was also tailor made for our crowd, but that was sort of at a different level than this one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's, I, I'm going to guess that there's substantially less poop in this one. Uh, yes, um, a little bit, a little bit, a lot more blood though. So. <laughs> well, more blood, yeah. Actually, on that note, is there any truth to the rumor that you're doing a 3D director's cut of First Date called Brown Footage 3D? Is there any truth to that? <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny that rumor <laughs> at the time. <laughs> I think voice of counsel, I'm going to certain my, uh, my Fifth Amendment rights in the meantime. I got to apologize to Gordon now for stealing his joke from last episode, but. Uh... <laughs> it's funnier when you say it. Man, so, although there is a part of me that wishes I could go back and reshoot that movie in 3D because I think it would, it would no, no pun intended, add a whole new dimension. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. Oh. So so uh, tell me, what made you want to tackle the concept of found footage films for your first feature? I mean, the movie is really sort of a marriage of my two favorite horror movies, which are Scream and The Blair Witch Project. Oh, okay. Uh, I love Scream because it's a, you know, it's a very meta, it's very funny, but at the same time, it's a horror movie. It's scary and it's, you know, it was made by one of the masters of the genre at the top of this game. That's one of the reasons why it's one of my favorite horror movies of all time, and I love The Blair Witch Project. And so, like, it was one of those ideas where I was just sitting around one day and I was like, huh, how come nobody's done this <laughs> for found footage yet? And, oh, huh. That's a good idea. I should probably get right on that. Yeah, right before somebody else does it. Good job. Exactly. Exactly. It's much so, like, better you know, than doing the, the thing where, like, you know, I thought of that first when it's far too late. <laughs> no, and it was, you know, I, there's part of me that sort of was kicking myself. I had an idea. Everybody who knows the genre well knows that there was Flare Project in 1999, and then for some reason, like, you'd think there would have been a glut of imitators right away, but there weren't. There was, you know, a few here and there. Uh, but there was a long gap uh, between that and, like, Cloverfield and then shortly after that, Paranormal Activity. And during that gap, and it was before I was a filmmaker, I had an idea for, like, 
an alien abduction movie that was shot sort of in a... It was basically like War of the Worlds, but done as found footage. And I, I didn't have the ability to sort of do that and get it made. And then I saw the trailer for Cloverfield and was like, okay, well, that's kind of more or less what I was thinking in, in most ways. Uh, I hate when that so, happens. And this time, this is one of the things where I literally just, I dropped everything. And that night, I just started writing the script. And within about a month, I had a, a first draft and we started moving on trying to make the movie. And of course, now that was five years ago at this point. So <laughs> it took a lot longer than I would have expected. And, and um, thankfully, nobody scooped us in the meantime, so... But the response has been fantastic, right? You've had a lot of great buzz about it. I know uh, one of uh, our friends, actually, Justin Giallo, who is a projectionist in Austin, uh, just screened it recently at Alamo Drafthouse and said he really enjoyed it. Cool. Yeah, no, Justin and I are buzz. He, Justin was the projectionist at our very first. We did a proof of concept where we shot like a four-minute scene from the film to show to potential investors and to Kim Henkel uh, to get him involved in the project. And at that, the very first screening of that, which was, I think, four years ago at this point, Justin was like, it was like his first week at the Alamo Draft House. And then to sort of be able to come for full circle. And then <laughs> last week, week before, we had we had a screening because we won the Audience Award at the Austin Film Festival in October. Uh, and so they had a, a, another screening uh, this past week. It went really well with a great crowd. Oh, that's I love fantastic. watching this movie with a crowd of people. It's just yeah. a totally different experience. I mean, I got so sick of watching it by the time we were finished. I've <laughs> seen it probably 3,000 times at this point. Yeah, so, sure, uh, through editing and everything, you've seen it all over and over and over, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I never wanted to watch it again by the time we were done with it. <laughs> and then you watch it with a crowd, and again, it's a totally different experience. Absolutely, um, well. So I'm, yeah, it's so I'm gratifying to actually see something with the audience there, even, even hoping they react a certain way. And then when they finally do, it's like, ah, oh, thank God. Yeah, I know. When we had our we had our uh, our world premiere at Bruce Campbell Horror Film Festival in Chicago in August, and I was just I was freaked out the whole week beforehand. I barely slept. I couldn't eat. I was like, I have no idea how this is going to go over. And then <laughs> it went over like gangbusters, and I was like, wow, like way better than I could have ever hoped that it would have gone. And then so then we had the week afterward. We we went to London for Fright Fest and that week I was like okay now I know the movie plays well and then you know an hour or two before the screening I was like oh crap now everybody's <laughs> expecting this to be good because they read all the reviews out of Bruce Campbell <laughs> so now you know, nobody was expecting anything then and so everybody was like wow that was way better than I was expecting it to be and now everybody's expecting it to be this awesome thing and what if they're all like or like man that's not as good as everybody said <laughs> but again thankfully we haven't had too much of that backlash yet I'm sure it'll come eventually yeah, well, well I, Steve and I try to keep everybody's expectations pretty low just by our very presence, and you'll be okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and we were thrilled that we were actually going to be able to show it in 3D. That, that The fact that it worked out and SIF was able to accommodate us, that's going to be fantastic. So it's really exciting to, you know, show your film as our first ever 3D feature at the Bone Bat Film Fest. That's awesome. Ah, well, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be part of history. Steve and I actually had an argument of almost a year ago about your film where my position was, look, the name of the movie is Found Footage 3D because it's about people that are shooting this 3D film. But that doesn't mean the film is actually in 3D. And, <laughs> and Steve's position was the correct one. But I, I pretty much convinced Steve that I was right. <laughs> <laughs> and then like a day later you idiot <laughs> oh what do you that know it's also 3D. 3D 
Yeah. Son of a gun. Clever name. (laughs) Well, it's going to be awesome. And you're actually going to join us for the screening. Is that accurate? I am. I will be there for the screening. This will be my first, well, not technically my first time in Seattle. I've been through the airport before. Mm-hmm. and then drove up to, to northern uh, uh, Washington. But it's been my first time actually really in Seattle and getting to spend time in Seattle. And uh, like I said, I'm, I'm excited about that. The movie plays well in lots of different crowds. Yeah. But I have a feeling the Bone Bat crowd is really going to just put, put it over the top. It, so I'm very excited to, yeah, it, to, to see it with you guys. It's going to be good. And uh, we'll do a little Q&A after and we'll buy you a beer, sir. Thank you so much uh, for sharing your work with us to play at this year's fest. Well, thank you guys for, for showing it, and thank you for uh, for being so cool to me over the years. So oh, the ple- I'm the glad ple- I'm, I'm able to, to give a little something back. Oh, the pleasure's ours. So tell me, what are you working on next, Stephen? Uh, i got to finish this one first. <laughs> <laughs> I think a movie is done, but as, right as you guys called me, I'm working on what's called the, uh, the M&E track, which is music and effects. So basically, I have to go through and create a version of the movie that has all of the sound effects and music and everything else in it, but none of the dialogue so that it can be dubbed for foreign versions uh, when it gets distribution. And that is a very time-consuming and tedious process. Um, So I I am working on a couple, you know, beyond that, I'm working on a couple of different scripts right now. Nothing I honestly can share publicly at the moment. Uh, I think a lot is going to end at this point on sort of where we end up with this movie and how well it does uh, in terms of what opportunities that opens for me. But I think I'm definitely going to do another horror movie next one way or another. And um, I guess people should just stay tuned and, and find out when the rest of the world does. All right. Well, uh... what I do, basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fantastic. Looking well, one, forward to it. One last question we always like to ask all of our guests here on the Bone Bat Show. Steven, what pisses you off, man? So today it was my toddler not going to sleep. Not taking a nap. Two and a half hours of trying to get my fucking toddler to go to fucking sleep. And he would not do it. That pissed me off. But I love him. He's my little dude. And well, I love of him course. To death, so. Oh, you know what you need to do? Have you looked up that, that story with this being read by Samuel L. Jackson on YouTube? No, that story is the story of my life for the last like, two years. It's, it's something that you hear about. Yeah. You know, before you have kids, and then when you finally have them, like, oh, that's what everybody's talking about. Yeah, that's it. Oh, the the amount of work it takes to get a kid to not starve to death or die from lack of sleep, you know, to basically to take care of himself to the point where he doesn't like kill himself, <laughs> is just astounding. Yeah, yeah kids, kids are under. Two. They're amazing. So. But enjoy it while you can, then, because you know, before you know yeah. it, I mean, my kids are going to be selling merch at the film festival. You know, it goes That's really cool. fast, and all of a sudden, they're little adults. Oh, yeah. Now, I have a 14-year-old as well. So. Oh, okay. So you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All so, right, man. Well, yep. thanks again, cool. and uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. All right. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. All right. This next song is called The Day I Became Cool. And it goes like this. Shoot! 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 Shoot!
director of sound footage 3d and you are listening to the bone batch show all right once again that was the day i became cool from 3sp's live effort as well as the 3sp album 1996 and joining us now on the show the one and only auto eroticized drummer for the mighty supersonic soul pimps how you doing man i'm doing great thanks for the call man i'm so excited Oh, this dude, awesome. we are so thrilled to have you guys play our humble little film festival. I've been a fan of the Supersonic Soul Pimps all the way back since uh, the return of Dr. Wonderbread. I think I first heard you guys and just start dug your music so much. And I finally got to see you live a couple of months ago. And to have you come <laughs> to our fest, it just brings it all full circle. This is really fucking awesome. Oh, man, I can't wait to show up, man. It's going to be a fantastic time. Thanks for having us. You know, we've been we've been working on our stuff forever. You know, we've, we've gotten to a point where we're so old and we're so good at what we do that we don't even have to remember how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great because I'm so old I can't remember what the hell I'm doing. I'm glad someone's yeah. doing it the opposite. Well, I think it helps having the alien hive mind. Which one of you is in the bathroom? Is that Gordon or Steve? Steve, Gordon sounds like someone's in the bathroom over there. (laughs) I sound like I'm in the bathroom? Are you in the bathroom, Gordon? Yeah. I don't know. No, it doesn't appear to be. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. I'm not saying I like anybody in the bathroom or anything like that. I'm just saying it sounds like you're in the bathroom. (laughs) You need, I guess you need to get a new recording spot, my friend. Well, hold on. Let me, 
We've been having a little bit of mic issue with yeah, uh, with my mic tonight. So let me. Uh, it's sounding better. It's sounding better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Now you're in the same room. Is, What's up, dude? How nice to see you. You're in the oh, same room there now. we go. Oh god, that's so nice. much better. Yeah. Oh, I feel better now. I had to Ooh, jiggle my jack. Really kind of freaks me out. You had to jiggle your jack. Yeah, yeah. yeah my jack needed some jiggling. Sometimes you got to jiggle that jack, man, just to get it right. <laughs> you know. It's like the flex on the iPhone 7 and the iPhone 6. You know, you bend it with your butt a little too much and you get a little flex in that flingo and suddenly you got dead syndrome. Dead <laughs> face syndrome. It happened to be once at a show. Auto eroticize. Now, is that your given name or is that like a title? Okay. I've been, I was called auto forever. You know, the name like auto just came. Somebody came up with one name, you know, like auto, you know, intelligence. Jackson, and then I'm like, well, okay, he's going to be Intelligenus. I'm going to be Autoeroticized Jackson the Tut. You know, and then it kind of just, it kind of keeps building up, you know, and then we got Hysteraphrasius Jackson after that. And then Hysteraphrasius turned into taboo because he had, he had a couple episodes, you know, he went overseas and did some experimental CIA things and he came back a different person, and he wanted to be taboo. So we're cool with that. <laughs> All right. You know? But we just have a lot of fun with what we do, you know? So what do you got planned for our audience, Otto? Well, the thing that I'm going to say about us is that we've definitely got better at what we do, but we don't look as good when we do it. <laughs> so maybe, uh, maybe the things that we wear won't be as exciting. You know, the sausages are still there, but ladies, you know, there's still like, you know, it kind of looks like a Model A tire around the midsection. And sometimes maybe one or two of us might have a B or an A cup going on, too. So, <laughs> but it's it's excessive uh, work in restaurants. You know, we get to taste pretty much everything that we do. You know, we work in restaurants when we're hiding and when we're playing, we're playing. Well, there's no body shaming at our film festival, so you'll be you'll be safe. It's a safe space for yeah, human absolutely. and alien oh, life. Oh yeah, I'm com- yeah. My uh, my body is completely natural. I've never touched a weight in my life except <laughs> when I'm carrying my passed out guitar player or bass player. The keyboardist <laughs> has never passed out. Yeah, ever. that's why I don't trust him. <laughs> you know, last week uh, we had Alien Abduction Day. Did you were you aware of this? You know, yeah, part of me was. I don't know if that's something you celebrate or if that's something that you you have I don't bad know about dreams these alien about. Abductions, but, uh... You know, <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you one thing about the aliens. And you know, my brothers and I are aliens, but we we're kind of genetically manipulations thereof. Uh-huh. Okay. So we're kind of a, an amalgamation. They don't like us. You know, they're, they they want to get rid of us because we're kind of a we're a bad sector of of the split off their DNA. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you one thing about the Grays, though. They offer us technology, but they lie. And remember that, brothers and sisters out there. They lie. Unlike nope. the supersonic soul pins. And my penis is 12 and a half inches long, too. <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting how far ahead of the curve the supersonic soul pimps always were. I mean, you guys were getting investigated by the CIA way before the president was getting investigated by the CIA. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I mean, they did try to assassinate us a couple of times. We were very ahead of the turret, I'll tell you that. They couldn't figure out how much and why we were adulterating so many young women out there with alcohol and other things that could be considered proprietary 
disasters, if you will. So that's why we formed our independent companies, each one of us. So in case we did have some proprietaries out there, you know that we were going to be okay in the long run as a band. So I tell you what, we are always going to be tireless brothers and sisters out there. I tell you what, and it's never going to change because we as targets, because we are so fundamentally ahead, everybody who ever played music with. We can't explain it. We don't understand it. We just do what we do. It's a natural thing that comes out of us. Understand, my brothers and sisters, it comes from the heart and the brain, and it comes from another place that we can't describe or explain. Fantastic. Whoa, I was just channeling that dude. Whoa, where'd that, that come from? That was beautiful. <laughs> that was just, poetry. This is auto back. Hey, hey, hey. That was <laughs> like iambic pentameter rhyming couplet. I don't even know what happened there. That was fantastic. Yeah. You know, I did tell you that, uh, you know, I do have a car woman out front, you know, that's waiting for me. It's oh. been a long night of work. Perhaps I should go. Oh, I don't whoa, know, whoa, but whoa, I just whoa. want to throw everybody out there. The supersonic soul pimps are going to put on one heck of a show for all you folks and i tell you what i am not lying this time i have a normal sized penis <laughs> therefore you know everybody will know that my show will be good and you will show up at the show and have a normal above average show depending on how much alcohol you drink it could be raised up to a very above average show <laughs> which normally our fans go for so remember that and tip your bartenders and waitresses because they do their work very very hard absolutely well thank you Otto one last thanks question thanks for having me I really appreciate absolutely. being with you one last question we always ask of all of our guests here on the Bone Bass Show Otto what pisses you off man oh man you know what pisses me off okay when I was in my teens there was never enough cocaine <laughs> when I was in my 20s there was never enough Bud Light when I was in my 30s, there was never enough ITAs. Now, in my 40s, there's not enough days, brother. There's not enough days at all. And that's where I stand. So I stand upon the fact that I have not enough days. And I do stipulate things such as pay attention to tipping your waitresses and bartenders and love the band that you're going to see on Friday night. So, Otto, before we go, uh, what song do you want us to play for you? I think it's something off uh, Auto Empire. How about Stations Build for Two? Yeah, totally. That's a, that's a fun one. All right, well, we'll talk to you soon. We'll see you back in Seattle, Otto. You have a great night, man. Have a great night. Thanks, Thanks for being on the show. I can't wait to see you guys in person. Have an awesome night. All right. Peace. Peace. All right, here it is, folks. Spaceship Built for Two. Yes. 
light far across the universe. Gonna build a spaceship, love ship, make it plus for two of us to punch it from the planet Earth. Gonna pimp our ride, make it up cozy, bed in the back in the private dance floor. With the big fat jam system, spaceship bumping, jam is thumping. Let your body get naked as a scanning Rock your ship, supersonic, so pure I'm a spaceship, baby, spaceship at the door And I'm coming to your planet Supersonic to you, well, that is my destiny I can feel your heartbeat pounding clear across the galaxy Signal strong, like a hand, I'll find my right Okay, Steve. You know, let's talk about this fest. It's time we announced our official selections by way of shorts. Our first short this year is from director Jeremy Galante and Sandpiper Animation. Jeremy did a film a couple of years ago called Baby It's You, which was a music video about a mad scientist and his creation. It was totally charming. Uh, His new one is called Let Me Tell You About My Operation, which is one of the catchiest tunes you are liable to hear in a long time. I had this song in my head all last week, and I think you're going to love it. Uh, Jeremy is from the USA. And then we've got a, a happy little number called Menace <laughs> by Justin Buckner, also from the United States of America. And, uh, boy, this is one of the films that uh, it grabbed me by the short and curlies right away. You're going to dig this film. Scary. Uh, next up is I Dream of Zombies from Fancy a Jam Pictures and director Jack Paulington from the U.K. It is a very funny little short. I know you're going to dig it. Uh, and then from France, we have Resistance, which in English means resistance. Did you know that, Steve? <laughs> I think I did. Okay. I didn't know that uh, you were so well-versed in French. This is a, a fine piece of animation of the computer-generated variety featuring giant insects. Who was it directed by, Mr. 
Oh. I didn't know that you spoke French. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I neglected to mention that it was directed by Alexandre Chauvet, Anna Le... Oh. Anna Ledanois, Quentin Follon, Juliette Jean, Julie Nara, and Fabien Blasset. And I really, really hope I pronounced your names right. <laughs> you so had that coming. Next up. From the fine folks at Low Carb Comedy, Sausage Fingers. Once again, they are from the U.S. And then we've got Solved from Michael Bartolomeo of the United States. This is a, a puzzling movie, you can say. And uh, it's genuinely something I had never seen before. Absolutely. It's shot in a stop motion style with live action actors. Oh, that's right. I forgot. It's stop motion. Yeah, it's very cool. But but with, like, real human beings instead of, like, little tiny puppets. Right. Next up, we have Awkward, a Pacific Northwest film from Vancouver, Canada, uh, courtesy of director Ryan Bright. And that is enough said about that one. You need to experience it. Yeah. And then we have Hope, a sweet movie about zombies from Norway. It's uh, It's sweet yet sad. Yet more. You'll dig it. And that one's directed by Adam A. Lasurdo. Following that, we have from Nihil Noctem Pictures and director Izzy Lee, Rites of Vengeance. This is a twisted piece of vengeance filmmaking, but it's gorgeously shot. I was immediately taken by the cinematography of this one. I think you're really going to like to see it on the big screen. Yeah, Izzy Lee. Done, uh, she did a movie for us last year, I believe. We, yes. we got those little bouncy ball eyeballs uh, in commemoration of her movie last year. Uh, then we have, from the United Kingdom, The Temp, directed by Mr. Ben Malaby, who you probably remember his flipping insane movie, <laughs> Milk, that we showed. I mean, what was that all about? <laughs> More madness from Mr. Malaby. I, I, you're going to laugh. You will laugh. If yeah. you don't laugh, there's something genetically botched. Loved about Milk, and it was great to see him return with a new one this year. It was really exciting. Now, this was one of Gord's favorites, the next one, from uh, Israeli director Hadas Brandis, and it is an animated short called Escape from Hellview. It's actually based on a CKY song of the same name. Yeah, some serious, crazy, heavy metal-style animation there. Then, once again from the UK, it's Spooky Club, directed by Joe and Lloyd Stass. This is a fun, <laughs> anything called Spooky Club, you know it's not going to be utterly serious. This is a fun movie to watch. It's it's a fun, happy, monster-based movie about returning Vincent Price's skull to where it belongs, just as he intended. That is followed by an absolute terrorizer in... Night of the Slasher from Shant Hamassian of the U.S. Uh, just a great film. When when I think of top-notch short making, it's this type of film. And it's actually all shot in one shot. The entire film yeah, is one shot. Take. It's so cool. You're going to love it. I figure those movies must be really fast to make, huh, Steve? Because you only have <laughs> yeah. to shoot it once. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then we've got Being... From Nikki Pastore of Australia, another music uh, musical number, very upbeat, very happy about a, a woman who 
you know, frankly, I think she finally finds her soulmate. <laughs> she does indeed. Uh, and following that, uh, following on the heels of last year's film, The Monster, director Bob Pipe from the UK has a micro horror film called The Baby's Crying. Absolutely chilling. And then The North Leech Horror. This is one of Steve's favorite films. Uh, directed by David Cairns from Scotland. Just ridiculous. This is a ridiculous <laughs> film, a la Monty Python level of ridiculousness. I Steve. arguably laughed harder watching this entry in front of my computer than any other film this year. It just cracked me up and again and again and again. It was like more laughs per minute than I can think of any other film. Really fun stuff. Following that, another comedy from right here in the Pacific Northwest, director Ty Huffer's short In This Economy. Very funny stuff. And then, really not funny at all, Teeth, which is a beautifully animated, it looks like uh, paint-on-cell animation. I don't know, probably done with a computer. All the stuff's done with computers these days. But a really cool, really beautiful film directed by... Daniel Gray and Tom Brown of the UK and it's about a man's difficult relationship with his teeth throughout his life and that is uh, narrated actually by the actor Richard E. Grant which is very cool adds a touch of class to the proceedings that's followed which we always by need another UK short that maybe is missing a touch of class and that's all the better for it Love Bitten from director Dan <laughs> Allen of the UK and Major Zeus Films. Okay, that this film made me laugh. I think more than more than uh, the North Beach Horror. I keep laughing thinking about that film. And then we have Monsters, directed by Steve Desmond of the United States. And this film, oh, oh, it's good. I think you all are going to approve this one. Just it tells a story. It sucks you in. It's about a little girl down in the basement with her family, just trying to survive. And yet, you know what? She's still she's still a kid. She's getting older. Not telling you anymore. Just got to watch it. There's monsters out there. So good. And good in a completely different way. The Procedure from <laughs> Maybe Never Films and director Calvin Lee Reader of the United States. This is one of those films you simply will not forget. You won't. You will be talking about this for years, possibly during your therapy sessions. And then Boris in the Forest by Robert Hackett of the UK about a man's search for the birthplace of Boris Karloff. And it's a, it's another of a, the longer of the shorts we're doing this year. It builds, it tells a tale, and it's cool. It is. Uh, another longer short from... Uh... Canada's Bokeh Collective and director Justin Harding. Cookie, one of the top three scariest films I saw this year. I know Gordon finds this one terrifying. You're going to love it. It's just chills galore. I pooped. Not watching the film, I mean, just right now. <laughs> no, seriously, this, this movie is scary. Um, Justin Harding directed it. It came from Canada, people. They're messed up. All right, next up, another U.S. piece of micro-horror from director Patrick Ray and Center Reality Pictures, and as well as fun-size horror, Grave Danger. It's short, it's sweet, 
I don't want to say much more. I'd give it away. Yeah. All right. That's all we need. You know, I think this year we have shorter shorts than, than we've had in the past. We've got a lot of short, like, stick and jab kind of shorts. We don't have a lot of, of the longer ones this time around. It suits my short attention span, I think. <laughs> all right. And then we've got I Love You from Nikki L. Shukit. Yeah, from the United States of America. A very sweet little piece of animation about a boy's love for this mother. Just charming. It reminds me a lot of last year's uh, animated winner, Dinosaur. That type yeah, of humor. Too. Just very sweet, very cute, very great. Well done. Very right to the point. Yeah. Next up, from director Paul Campion, who had a short in our very first festival, Eel Girl, uh, and this one was written by Brian Keane, noted horror author. It is called The Naughty List. Very fun stuff. This one really cracked me up, too. A lot of good humor this year, too. That is followed up by something that's most definitely not funny. It's not going to crack you up. It may scare the pants off you. Uh, the Birch from Bloody Cuts Films from the UK, obviously. Directed by Ben Franklin and Anthony Melton. What can you say about this? There's a kid. He's bullied. His mom's not too terribly healthy. Hijinks ensue. All right, next up we have from the Pacific Northwest and director Todd Redenius, Cans of Evil. Truly evil, these cans. <laughs> and this is an excellent example of down and dirty guerrilla filmmaking. So much fun. The joy is just all on the screen. You guys are going to dig it. And then from France. Another France, you say. France, I say. Another wonderful animated piece of... Uh, God, it's really a good-looking It's a gorgeous uh, film. film. It, they did a great job on it, and I think I know why. It's because they had 85 directors. <laughs> uh, among them, Florian Babacon, Vincent Bayou, I'm sorry, Victor Kerr, Theophile Dufresne, Gabriel Graperon, and Lucas Navarro. They all That's did that not a French party. name, Navarro. That's no, no French name. You don't have to have French name oh, to be okay. French. <laughs> following what kind that, of name is Holitz anyway? Right. Following that, a hilarious short, "Breaking Up with Bacon," from George Williams III and David Kearns, United States. And then, a movie that's going to be shocking to everybody: Steve backed <laughs> Death Metal" from yes. Chris McEnroy in the USA. Okay. Death metal. Yeah, go ahead, Steve. Now, Chris McEnroy, he also did an awesome short called Bad Guy Number 2, one of the all-time greatest gore shorts in the history of the Bone Bath Film Festival. Not only that, just today as we're recording this, he released a Kickstarter for a brand new short called We Summoned a Demon. So I'm going to post a link on the page for that film. Take a look. If you're interested in really great, fun, short horror comedy filmmaking, Chris McEnroy is one of the guys who really nails it each time. You're going to want to get in on the ground floor of this. So check it out. And then... Once again, from Zorn Wojcik in the United States, Creature, another low-carb comedy classic. You're going to dig it. So low-carb comedy, we've been doing their shorts all the way back since we discovered the fourth rule of Gremlins in like 2012. And I love their stuff. Always great laughs. And this year, Zoran's actually coming to the film festival. How cool is that? 
That is so great. We have a ton of filmmakers that are going to be here this year. So it's another reason to come. You can see these shorts on the big screen. You can shake these directors' hands. You can ask them about their films. It's going to be a great time. What's the next film, Steve? The next film from Aircraft Pictures Ltd. and XYZ Films, Portal to Hell. From Canada and director Viviano Caldinelli. This is actually, I believe, the last film Rowdy Roddy Piper ever did. And it is absolutely a charming, great piece of short filmmaking. And it's about a portal to hell. Then we got Dead Ahead from Donald O'Keefe of Ireland. If you like to have to watch a whole bunch of different things happening all at once on your animated large screen short films this is the film for you yeah there's a lot going on if it's, you yeah if you dug the big shot series that we did a yeah, couple of years ago me of that. this is a lot like that but a completely different take but it is kind of micro animation which is super fun and we had a great time with this one and i think you're gonna love it too. and then we've got the antithesis of man from australia directed by dan MacArthur. what can you say about this steve besides Australia serves up one of the funniest films I saw this year. Totally hilarious stuff. And then, as kind of a counterpoint to that, an absolutely terrifying short from the UK and director Oliver Park. Vicious. Oh, it's a scary one. Yeah, it's so well shot. That's really a well shot film. And then we got Teddy Bears are for Lovers. Directed by Almog Abaddon Antonier from the United States. It's about teddy bears and how they're for lovers and the problems that happen when they become ex-lovers. It's kind of, kind of funny because it's sort of an action film, which is a little <laughs> bit different than a lot of the stuff we see. And yeah. following that, from director Jason Tostevin, who returns gloriously to the Bumbat Film Festival, we have Born Again. Another really hilarious film about an absolutely hapless group of cultists who are trying to bring forth the Antichrist. Try, try as they may. And then we've got another movie to scare your pants off, The Maiden. My pants Michael, are off. My pants are off just reading the words, The Maiden. Michael uh, Chavez directs this from the United States. Great, great, scary movie. Oh, so good. And then following that, one of the most charming animated films I've seen in a long while, Accidents, Blunders, and Calamities, from James Cunningham and Media Design School in New Zealand. Very cool stuff. Oh, yeah, very uh, Edward Gorey kind of uh, short film, I, yes. I would say, plot-wise. That's a perfect way to describe it. it reminds me of the Gashley Crumb Tinies. And then... None other than the mighty Eric Morgret of yes. the United States. His film, yes. He has a film in our film festival. He has a seat in our audience. He is he is a, a big spoke in the film wheel in Seattle. His film, The Package. It's, it's such a perfect movie. Oh, it really is. It, as you've said many times, you love a movie where there's nothing that doesn't need to be there and everything that does. And this short, uh, written by K.L. Young and uh, produced by Maelstrom Productions, is just a great example of that. And we are proud to show it at this year's fest. And then finally, closing out the proceedings, the Babysitter Murders from Trapdoor Pictures and director Ryan Spindell. Just a horror tour de force. 
and uh, a great way to end the night. Uh, leading into our final feature, The Night Watchman. So I, I think you're going to really enjoy this year's slate. It is a, a wide variety of different styles, different textures. It'll have you laughing. It'll have you white-knuckling the edge of your seat. And uh, at the same time, you will also enjoy uh, meeting some of the directors of these films, the, you know, people who work really hard to bring you these visions of the screen. And that's it. That's our shorts, man. And then, of course, as we mentioned, you also get to see Found Footage 3D and The Night Watchmen from director Mitch Altieri. So uh, there you go. That is the full slate of films at this year's fest. And then we will also have, once again, the Super Sonic Soul Pimps, who will play a full hour set of amazing funk for your listening pleasure. Uh, why don't we check out another tune right now, man? Okay, let's do it. This one is from 1997. The album is Albino from Supersonic Soul Pimps. This is Thunder Pig, the celebration of their Battle Winnebago, which they use to get from show to show. Oh, oh, oh. 
sorry to interrupt. We just wanted to let you guys know that we are finishing up next week's layout. We're gonna be working late, so no need to come in. Taser is a blazing. What brings you to this line of work? Well, this was the only place that would hire me. Ouch. So the job is pretty simple. Well, what the hell is that? You gotta be kidding me, man. You got the wrong address. It's a sniff, yo, man. What's the worst that could happen? Dude. Guys? This is not good. Hey guys. Why are there people eating people? <laughs> What the hell is happening in here? But, but, but what are these things? Maybe they're zombies. Really? What? It's a thing! We wouldn't last a second out there. Just wait them out in here. We're safe in here. Gear up. Let's go kill some dead people. our job. This is who we are. We're Nightwatch. Once again, that was Thunder Pig from Supersonic Soul Pimps and their 1997 release, Albino. Following that, actually, was the trailer for Night Watchmen. And joining us now on the show is the director of that very film, Mitch Altieri. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you so much for joining us on the show. I got to say, we are thrilled to be premiering the Night Watchman in Seattle this year. This is going to be a great film to show in front of a bunch of people who've been drinking beer all afternoon, I got to say. Yeah, watching horror movies, comedy movies for about 12 <laughs> hours. This is the final thing that's going to assault their senses. This is going to be the, the perfect the perfect capper to the evening. You're the closer, I mean, Mitch. is there another way? Is there <laughs> another way to watch a, a good comedy horror movie without, uh, I mean, you can't do it without drinks. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be great. So uh, tell us a little bit about the making of the film. How did you guys get the idea for The Night Watchman? Well, um, you know, I can't uh, take too much credit on it. You know, the script was already written when I came aboard. Okay. Uh, you know, Dan DeLuca, Ken Arnold, you know, they came up with this idea to do this film, and they kind of were you know, trying to kind of get it made uh, there for, for a little bit. And, uh, and then Dan and Jamie Nash, they wrote the script board and, you know, put something really nice together. And I work with a producer. Uh, his name is Jeff Allard, and you guys might know him. He uh, was the executive producer for the um, the reboots of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He did the, you know, uh, the one with Jessica Biel um, a while back and then uh, did the prequel as well. Okay. Um, and I've been working with him for, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've been working with him for quite some time now. And so they had brought him on as a producer and you know he just said uh, hey i got this guy who i worked with quite a bit and and um i mean i didn't even have to pitch it they kind of knew 
<laughs> my rap of uh, crazy horror movies, and and uh, so I came on, and and um, it was very it was very fast. I came on, and uh, you know, a month later we were shooting. Oh wow! Okay. Wow, that's that is fast. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, they had prepped a lot of stuff already, and you know, there was a lot of casting done already. And so when I came on, I brought on uh, my team, and uh, I had just come off a movie three months prior. I did a, a, another uh, horror comedy uh, called The Beginner's Guide to Snuff, and we had just wrapped that. <laughs> and uh, it just happened where Snuff was. Um, we were cutting it and it was kind of going through its assembly cut so I really didn't have to you know that's kind of the time when you can take a break from the movie uh, as the editor just kind of puts it all together and that's a you know pretty lengthy uh, time slot to put the assembly cut together so I was able to move on to uh, to the Night Watchman and uh, yeah it was great it, it kind of all just you know uh, worked out in, in, in kind of a serendipitous way it seems like it would have been a super fun movie to shoot because there, there's a lot of great chemistry amongst the cast that I think really shows up on the film. Absolutely, absolutely. It, it was, re- it, you know, and I, I really liked the way that worked out. It was something that I kind of felt from the beginning and, you know, with, um, with, with Dan and Ken and then, you know, they had their friend who uh, they worked with for, for many years, Kevin, who plays Jiggets, and uh, and then you know we casted Max, who plays uh, the rookie, and he was new. You know we got him out of L.A. and 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 Kara as well, who I've worked with before. But you know so uh, with those three having the dynamics they had, and then Max being kind of the newbie, it really all worked together. And it just you know it was kind of like real. It was like these three guys that like were you know, have been together for a long time and we get this rookie in there and then, you know, Tara, you know, this, this hot journalist kind of comes in. It just all, it all just kind of played itself out. Absolutely. And well, you also had Scream Queen uh, Tiffany Sheppis is in the film as well, which is kind of cool. A lot of horror fans know her as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I've worked with Tiffany quite a few times and and uh, absolutely adore her. Uh, we did a film called The Violent Kind, which premiered at Sundance uh, a few years back and you know, ever since then, we, we remained close and, and good friends. And, uh, yeah, I mean, she's just an absolute joy to work with. Very cool, very cool. So did you shoot in Baltimore? We did, we did. We shot in a, uh, the old Capitol building. It was an old newspaper building, which, uh, you know, obviously they worked at it. The, the story takes place in the newspaper building. But, yeah, it was all shot locally uh, out there uh, in Maryland. Yeah, that was pretty fun for me because I, I work uh, around printing presses, and uh, seeing something shot in an actual printing facility that you could you could watch it, and you're like, oh no, this is for real. A lot of times you'll see a movie that's supposed to be sitting in, a, in like a, a printing facility, and you're like, um, no, that's bullshit. I can tell right now. Absolutely, so, absolutely. Well, and there's a sense yeah. of scale about the whole thing too, because you know you see that's a lot huge. of horror films that that are shot like in a warehouse or in a mini storage or apartment, and and to see like a be- real building you know, live and large like that was really cool, I thought. It, it definitely gave it a sense of reality. Yeah, yeah, it, it was a great location. It, it really was, and, and everybody who, who worked on them, it was just great. You know, the, the, the whole community kind of was behind us. And uh, uh, But that location really, I mean, when we, you know, I went out there 
you know, right after um, I came on board and we did some scouting and, and, you know, we went to a couple places and, you know, that was just, that was it. That was the place. <laughs> Very you know, cool. What, what else you guys deserve a lot of kudos for is uh, the costumes because you've got some fairly insane things going on, some uh, costume creature type things going on. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. There's someone with a serious imagination and a lot of, uh, a lot of crazy material. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a lot of fun with it. You know, we had um, um, just a great team working with us, and 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 you know, we really just had a lot of fun with it because, I mean, basically, w- when I read the script, the first instinct that I had when I was, I was like, you know, this really takes me back. You know, when I was kind of visualizing in my head, it really took me back to '80s kind of popcorn horror films. You know, like. But that were just kind of wild, like you know, like Fright Night and Night of the Comet and Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and that's really what we want to do. And I think you know the part of the costumes and, and the set design, um, e- even though the movie takes place you know present day, we really want to get that feel. And you know, I feel like sometimes, and 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 some of you know our, our our modern horror films, even though they're great films, you know, like you kind of miss a little of that. You know, you kind of miss. Uh, especially on the indie level, you know, the, the, the attention to detail and, and set and costumes and, and all that, you know. And so I really kind of you know, pushed our design team to, you know, really take that in as, as an influence of, of those films. And, and, you know, I kind of showed up with a color palette and I said, do not veer away from this color palette. <laughs> Everything just lives in this world. I'm going to have to tell you, as a child of the 80s, you nailed it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and, and one of the other, the film also contains is that sense of fun, which is, is now sometimes lost as well. You know, I mean, you're in for, it's got some scares, it's got some laughs, it's got everything that you want in it. It's totally a blast to watch, and I think our audience is going to love it. That's great. That's great. Yeah, and it was something very important to, to me. You know, I've, I've done a, a number of horror movies, and, you know, I've done some that were pretty dark, pretty violent but you know there's always there's always like a little bit of touch of comedy in there and 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 you know my last two films beginner's guide to snuff and, and the night watchman it was somewhere i really felt like i can exercise that and especially <laughs> with the night watchman you know i really want to take it to town and, and really have a good time with it and take it back to that fun adventurous ride that you know we we forget when we you know rent the old VHS tape and pop it in and you didn't really know what the film was about. We didn't have the internet. There was nothing like that. You just have to evaluate it from its cover, take it out, pop it into the VCR and you're going to get what you're going to get, you know? You'd have to tell a book by its cover back then. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which one of these looks cooler? Uh, this one. Well, yeah, okay, the video we'll box it. anyway, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the response been like so far? It's been great. I, I, I You know, and I'm sure every director will say about their movie, but... This is, yeah, what else are you, you know, going to say? It's been dog yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it really has. You know, we've, uh, we're in one festival after another. I mean, we haven't had a break. And it's really been great in the sense that we play in multiple cities, you know, uh, on the same weekend or during the same week and different countries, you know, we're... I was out in Germany and, and watched it with the German crowd, and you know people were going crazy and they loved it. And, you know, before that, 
you know, we were in Atlanta and then, you know, we're back here and, and you know, we're at Cinequest and then, you know, moving on to all these different festivals. And, and I mean, and there's a lot, you know, we're going back uh, to Brussels, you know, we're going to Brazil and continually going from city to city. And like we're playing twice in New Jersey in two different festivals. We're all over the place. And it's been, you know, every time I go to the screening, I mean, people are laughing out loud and it's a fun, fun movie to watch with a group of people. You know, people are hooting and hollering, they're laughing out loud. And, and that's really great, you know, for, for a director to kind of sit back and, you know, feel, I'm not, you know, I've seen the movie a thousand times, so I don't need to watch it again. It's really more experiencing the crowd. Absolutely, yeah. It's, and I think that it, our audience is going to love exactly what this film serves up. So thank you again for sharing your work with us, man. Of course, man, of course. So what's next for you? What are you working on next, Mitch? Well, I'm, I'm doing a few things right now, and I'm kind of like in writer's mode. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I've been very fortunate in my career where I've, you know, I've kind of done a movie a year, which is kind of crazy <laughs> in this past. These two past movies, you know, were, as I, I kind of mentioned, were like three months apart from each other. Right. So I was literally editing them at the same time. But um, uh, so right now I'm kind of taking a little bit of a break and I'm working on a couple scripts. And uh, and I got a few things in the works, you know, nothing I can really, you know, say. I, I don't want to say anything because I don't, you know, right now they're just little newborns and, and who knows what's going to come of them. Sure. But, um but at this point right now, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm working with, with the executive producers from the Night Watchmen, and we have a couple projects that we'd like to uh, get off the ground. You know, one's a drama. Uh, the other one is kind of back into the into the horror world. And uh, and then, yeah, just a couple other things. Like kind of, you know, me and uh, Phil Forrest, who's the other butcher brother, uh, you know, he and I still work together quite a bit, and, and we have our, our hands in a few things with television and, and uh, a few other movies and, and whatnot. So keep it busy. But, you know, honestly, in the sense, too, it's, it's, it's a little nice right now to not being fully focused on just one thing. Because usually you know, the, the, the way my, I mean, the past, like, six, seven years, is I, I literally would go into post on one movie, but at the same time, I'd be prepping you know, in pre-production for another, and that's kind of been my life for quite some time. And, and um, so it's a little nice that I'm kind of, you know, able to focus on some writing and, and kind of doing a few other things. I kind of I want to do some short content as well, and mm -hmm. so yeah, having a little bit of fun. Nice. All right, man. Well, please keep us in the loop on your future projects because we'll want to see what you've got going on. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Hopefully, they'll be coming soon. All right. Well, uh, Mitch, one last question. We always ask all of our guests on the Bone Bat Show. Sir, what pisses you off? <laughs> oh, so many things in today's uh, <laughs> climate. There's a, well, there's a lot of things. But, uh, I don't know, shitty movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, actually. Yes, very much. That works. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you again for joining us on this show and for sharing your work with us. I think it's going to be a great time. Hey, man, I, uh, I appreciate it, and uh, I look forward to uh, having the, uh, the great people of, uh, of Seattle to, to check it out and, and uh, see what they think.
dream and slip back into my normality reality I long to fall back asleep because in this dream I was an all-star athlete there's nothing on the earth that I can't achieve I got the whole wide world in the begging for me yeah me now let me hear you sing
Yeah, hey, this is uh, Mitchell Altieri, the director of The Night Watchmen, and you guys are listening to The Bone Bat Show. All right, once again, that was director Mitch Altieri from The Night Watchmen. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with him. Uh, once again, you can see The Night Watchmen in its Seattle premiere at the 7th Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors Film Festival. We hope to see you there. Uh, tickets are on sale now at our Square store for $40. You can get those there, and uh, they will be on sale right up until the day of the show. We still have plenty. Unless we sell out. We, unless we sell out. Right now we have a number of tickets left, though, so uh, I would order yours while you can. I snuck one more song in there. That was the song from 2009's The Return of Dr. Wonder Bread by the Supersonic Soul Pimps. You can find them at supersonicsoulpimps.com. Uh, dude, why don't we do a very brief multimedia trio? All right. I listen to a great podcast. What? And Yeah, I know. Another one of these. And I've talked about this particular podcast before, but they did another great show and you got to hear it. The podcast is The Truth. They do short-form radio drama, and they just did one called Miracle on the L Train. Okay. It's about, a, it's about a woman who gets on the train, the subway in New York, and a voice starts talking to her in her head. Is it God? You know, I saw the ending coming. Maybe you will, too, but still, it's wonderful. You, you kind of think... You're not really sure if they're gonna go there. Yeah, they, it's it's a funny it's a funny funny little uh, bit of radio drama. I think it's like 15 minutes long. These guys at the truth. That's that's the second one they've done that I really enjoyed this season. The other one was uh, Dark Side of the Mall, which is more of a, a horror story about a guy that uh, pops into a, a bridal shop at the end of the mall and things really come off the rails. So check out The Truth when you're not listening to the Bone Bat Show podcast. All right, and uh, I have just a brief capsule interview. Uh, Julie and I went and saw Kong Skull Island the other night, and I got to say, it was okay. Just okay. I mean, it has some interesting cinematography. It kind of has this uh, Apocalypse Now sort of a Vietnam vibe at the start of the film, uh, mixed with kind of a film reel sort of a thing. It's kind of interesting, and then it takes a little while to get up to Kong actually fighting big lizards. Once that happens, it's pretty fun. But I walked away from the film kind of going, eh, it was good. You know, and, and I don't know. I, I was sort of hoping for something more, and it just wasn't. So we're seeing, definitely if you're going to see it, we're seeing on the big screen better than going to be, it's going to be on your TV. But not an awesome movie. It didn't change my life, so. There you go, Kong Skull Island, like three stars out of five. Whatever. All right. Uh, and then, uh, on yeah, the video game it. front, mm-hmm. fucking Mass Effect came out today. And do you know what I have not played? I haven't even unracked the shrink wrap yet because I've been working or recording Bone Dash Show. God damn it. That's terrible, Steve. That's a terrible I, thing. I know what that means to you. That's terrible. I'm sorry. I haven't I haven't went through a single dialogue tree today. You haven't gone and like, oh, that's the best part, as I understand it. Just dialogue tree, find your own adventure book, except on an Xbox. <sighs> anyway, but we did play a brand new game that uh, I talked about last PAX, Death Squared. Well, you played it. You didn't get to I play tried it? to play it. 
I oh. played it. So My Julie copy and I, was corrupted. We, we downloaded it last night. Uh, Julie and I played it for, uh, we did 30 of the levels. We did 30 levels as a pair. And then we did uh, some of the party, le- about five of the party levels. And so the game is, uh, you, you actually described it pretty well. It is kind of like Elo Milo, or is it Ilo Milo? I think it's Elo Milo. A, th- a sort of a 3D puzzle space where you have cubes and uh, you and a partner are moving cubes to a destination spot on the board. And there are numerous perils between you and your destination. And so sometimes you have to move things for your partner. Sometimes you have to carry your partner on top of you, which I thoroughly enjoyed. I'm sure you did. Uh, <laughs> say no more. And uh, then, you know, as you some of them progressively get harder. And as you go through it, you're sort of being narrated by this tech person who is working with an AI. So it has sort of a portal vibe to it. Which is kind of fun. And yeah. uh, the puzzles themselves are colorful, and uh, they're some of them are fairly challenging. It is interesting how your brain works, because some of them, the solution will immediately appear to you. And you're like, oh, okay, you go over here and I go over there, and then, then we'll get a boop, you do it in two minutes. And then other ones, you'd spend ten minutes on trying to puzzle out, and it's like so satisfying when you finally figure it out. And so we worked hmm. through a number of these puzzles and had a great time. And it got up to the level 30, and that was where we stopped. And then we tried out some of the party levels. What's cool about that is on an Xbox, you've got two joysticks, right? Per controller, yeah. Yes. So you are controlling two of the cubes at a time in party mode if you only have two people. Okay. So all four cubes are in play. So you have to, like, I'm moving the red and the blue one. She's moving the yellow and the green one on different joysticks in order to solve the puzzle, which was kind of fun. A little bit different, and if you have four people, you can use presumably four different controllers. But uh, I really enjoyed it. I think it's a great game. Uh, it's on sale for twenty bucks on uh, Xbox Live, and uh, or you can watch for it like Steam sale or something like that. Uh, maybe come down a little bit. But uh, totally an enjoyable game, and uh, I, I enjoyed it again. I think you're going to enjoy it too. We just have to get you a new code or something so you can. Yeah, play. I want to play it. Cool. Well, that's all I have on the multimedia triage front, so uh, why don't we start wrapping this thing up, man? All right, let's do it. What so, do we have uh, left to say? Well, i got to thank a few people. I'd like to thank uh, Otto Eroticize from the Supersonic Soul Pimps, who will be joining us on April 8th at the Film Festival. I'd like to thank Stephen DeGenero, director of Found Footage 3D, and I would like to thank Mitch Altieri, director of The Night Watchmen, for joining us on the show. I'd like to thank uh, our sponsors once again. I'd like to thank Kat from Horror Honeys for joining us for a few moments to talk about Belladonna Magazine. I'd like to thank Scarecrow Video, Fanographics Books, Corner Comics, Mac and Jack's Brewery, Zippy's Giant Burgers, Stalker Farms, Vortex Videos, Games and Gizmos, Vernon Wells, Pathfinder, Dolcetta Artisan Suites, Dark Horse Comics, Flying Saucer Pizza, GT Printing Equipment, and of course, Jerry Cooch. Jerry Cooch! For their love and sponsorship over the years. Uh, Once again this year, they really helped make this festival happen. We really appreciate it. Again, tickets on sale now for the April 8th event at SIF Cinema Uptown in Seattle, Washington. The fun will start at 1 p.m. It'll run till midnight. We're going to have a ton of fun stuff lined up for you. 
prizes from a drawing, features, shorts, music. It's going to be great. I'm exhausted even thinking about it, Our usual but it's going to be awesome. Our right. usual bullshit. You can reach the show at 425-296-6557 or via email to steve at bonehand.com. You can find new content on bonehand.com every once in a while. It's also the home of the heavy half hour. And you can find my comics at mightywombat.com. We also have a uh, page on Facebook, don't we? We do. We do. We do silly stuff over there. We announce uh, we announce things for the film festival. You ought to go there. <laughs> yes, Look for should. us on Facebook. Yeah, on Facebook we have a new trailer every day for the film festival. We call it a trailer of the day. Interestingly enough. Oh wow! What a or an original idea. R- a really in- original name, the TOTD, which is also what we call it. So That's not what we call it. We don't that's call it that? What we call no. It. no, that's something that's else. something else? Okay. Anyway, so uh, again, you want to check out those trailers as well as uh, additional news about the fest on our Facebook page. Also on Twitter, we have a Bone Bat feed there, which will uh, let you know some other things about the fest. So keep an eye on both of those places. I'm also Bonehand on Twitter for uh, occasional twits. And I'm Mighty underscore Wombat on Twitter for almost never. All right. Thank you for listening. If you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. I My mouth was away from the mic. Well, thank you for listening. And once again, if you like what we do, please spread the word and tell a friend. Again, tickets on sale. Only two weeks left. So get your tickets now for the 2017 Bone Bat Film Festival. One last note uh, for our Kickstarter backers. Uh, just so you know, all of the tickets and uh, T-shirts and hoodies and posters that were ordered via mail have been shipped. I'm not going out. We stole your money. <laughs> nope, we've shipped no. them all. So everything oh. that is supposed to have gone out has gone out, even hoodies to whales. That's right. We send hoodies to whales. Beautiful hoodies. Our shirts this year look so good. Don't I look good in my shirt? You got to admit, oh, I look good in that you shirt. Look, you saw a, a look picture on Facebook. I look good. So good. It's a fantastic looking design by Mike Hawkins once again. And uh, all of the swag has been shipped that's supposed to ship. Now, we still have to stuff the enormous packages. If you ordered one of those, they're only available at the fest, and you'll have to pick it up there. But uh, we've got all the pieces now. We just have to insert them in the proper holes and you guys will soon be receiving your enormous package for 2017 our final tune this evening from this year's musical guest supersonic soul pimps from their 1996 release 3sp this is funkenstein i hope you dig it once again this is steve this is gord have a good one i do have a good one <laughs> Wanna be your nightmare, fresh meat, but the undercover got no hair. Perfect goal for the ultimate phone band. Don't give him up, drag him back to the homestead. Nether brother on the table, hot white neck to the high with the table. Perfect night for a fight in the rainstorm, lightning struck. Bring my brother to a new fall. Working! Stand to move the finger, smell of death on the box, the linger. Shock him! Make a dead man come and
money on this vomit-inducing amateur hour bullshit is fucking beyond me. 